Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Freestyle Way podcast. Today, we have what one would call maybe a traditional episode where I actually sit down with someone and talk to them. And who I'm talking to today is to my friend, Annie Thoris daughter. She is someone that if you are in the CrossFit scene, you know her. She is a living legend, as they say. (laughs) Yeah, she won the CrossFit Games in 2011 and 2012 back to back. She was the first female to ever win the CrossFit Games two times. And uh, I got to uh, know Annie after 2010 when she finished the CrossFit Games and uh, Yami, her coach, was looking to build a team to help her out. And I met Yami Tikanen through Kelly Starrett at San Francisco CrossFit, where I was a member and a coach. And uh, Yami asked if I could assist a little bit in her gymnastics training. So I was uh, sent down to San Diego to meet up with Annie on one of her trips to the U.S. And we started working together, and I realized from day one that this person was way more than an athlete. She had a great way of thinking and wanted to do big things, bigger things than just winning the CrossFit Games. I could tell that she really cared about improvement, growth, development, and I could have a difficult conversation with her from the beginning. And it was an amazing experience to get to work with her and get to meet Yami Tikanen, who uh, runs the training plan and who now I consider a friend, and to see where it has come now 10 years later, where she is a reference in the sport and the community of CrossFit and extended fitness community, and has a, a lot to offer. And in today's very candid and casual conversation, we talk about all of this, uh, ranging from our relationship to what we experienced to how her growth process has gone and what it's like to be expecting a child now, which is a new adventure for her to live, train, and be through pregnancy, which uh, she shares very candidly here in this conversation as well. So I'm excited for you to listen in and to get to know my friend Annie in maybe a different light than you have heard her before. And uh, and I hope you enjoy this. I thoroughly did, and I can't wait uh, to do it again soon. So without further ado, here is Annie Thoris' daughter on the Freestyle Way podcast. How are you, by the way? How are you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I don't think I can complain. I just reached my third trimester. Wow. (laughs) So getting closer to the finish line. Well, I still think there's like some rough months left, but yeah, only about three months left until my due date. I know that's insane. It feels like it's gone really fast for me. <laughs> oh, for me too, actually. I feel like it's gone really fast. Also because everything is just like I don't know, everyone has kind of been on a standby. So I feel like everyone has been a little bit in the not in the same boat, obviously, because people are still able to train and go like out goals and get better and stronger and faster and all of that, and I'm not. Uh but I feel like a lot of people have been kept out of the gyms as well. And I'm like, okay, we're just all in the same. Like no one knows what's going to happen. And <laughs> so yeah, I feel it's a very I feel interesting like time. A part of all of it. Yeah. What a, what a crazy time to be alive. And, and how are you dealing with all this? Like, how are you feeling? What is it like to not be in the gym and be pregnant? There, there's, I feel like uh, your world has completely changed, and this is the first year in ten years that you're you're not going to the CrossFit Games, and uh, we don't even know what's happening with the CrossFit Games. Yeah, what what is <laughs> on your mind? I want to know. Um, yeah, I'm. I think I'm doing really good through all of it. I think I'm really, really lucky and fortunate with the situation that we got here in Iceland. Obviously, it went on lockdown like everywhere else. And like the gym went on lockdown and had to be closed. And that was 
that's weird. And I definitely miss my training partners and I miss seeing, I'm a people's person. Like I like, I've, I've never really loved being by myself training. Like I can do it a few times, but I enjoy other people's company and just like talking to other people, being around other people, like the atmosphere at the gym is just so amazing. But I obviously miss that, but I'm really, really lucky. Like I've been staying at my parents' summer house a lot and they have a fully equipped gym in uh, the basement. Like, I don't really feel like you should call it a basement, but we have like a nice gym area. We have a salt bike, C2 bike, rower, runner, all the barbells. Like it's a fully equipped Roku gym. <laughs> so I got it pretty good. We can continue with our routine. I'm still training two times a day, which I think is the most important thing, honestly, like trying to stick with a routine. Still waking up like at a decent hour, having the same breakfast getting work done in the middle of the day. And I actually feel like I've been busier than ever during this time because what I can contribute with is content and workouts with people and being a part of Zoom classes and creating content for my gym, Cross the Reiki League. Like we do the live classes and programming. And like, I feel like I've been super, super busy. So time is passing by like fairly fast. But I think it's been the hardest kind of missing, missing my friends and we still stay in touch and talk a lot and you see them on social media and all of that. But then also my brothers and their kids, like it's, it was weird, like not seeing everyone over Easter and all that. But I guess everyone is in the same boat and you just need to know that it is temporary. And now things are starting to ease off here in Iceland. There haven't been any really, uh, cases for almost the past week uh, it's almost just been at zero or one every single day so things are starting to open up again the restaurants are open again and the gym is going to open on the 25th so like I feel like we're seeing kind of the light at the end of the tunnel um, obviously things can still come up again but it we're really lucky like obviously you have the hard days and all of that. And I'm not going to lie about that, but I feel like I'm not really allowed to complain about it because we are really fortunate. And my parents have kind of been in quarantine with us. If you can say that, like they come to the summer house. So it's not like it's just me and Frederick all the time. Like my parents are here a lot. And then you get to follow everyone in the family because my mom talks to everyone. So it's, of course, that's, that's what moms do. (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, my my mind is going in many different directions, but I have a curiosity. When you guys open the gym, do you have any guidelines? Is it going to be just the same as it used to be? Or because sometimes I've seen videos with hundreds of people in there. Uh, what is it going to look like now? Well, before the lockdown, we had to like, it got stricter and stricter, the regulations. Like in the beginning, it was just like we uh, had hand sanitizers all over everyone had to clean clean everything before they started clean everything after they finished like strict rules and guidelines on that and then it went down into being just x many people allowed inside the gym so only uh yeah 50 people inside the gym at a time and we have a very large space um so it's gonna be some sort of regulations like that as well when we get to open again we don't know exactly the quantity that we're allowed to have. It's going to be a little bit more than that. Uh, we've been allowed to have kids classes now since early May. So the kids have started training again. Um, but yeah, then it is still the rule. Like you want, we still have the rule of two meters between everyone. So we have like marked these X's everywhere where people are allowed to be and are supposed to keep their distance and, still have like we we take it seriously like we want to make sure that we're not gonna get a case in my gym because we want to make sure that we're gonna be able to be open and we know how important it is for people to come in there like how much it matters to them to get to go and train so that's it's really important to us so we do have very strict regulations and our employees are cleaning the gym a lot so mm-hmm. yeah it'll it'll be a little bit different it's not going to be 300 people in that gym at the same time it's going to be like a 
the classes are going to have to be smaller and the run through is going to have to be a little bit quicker and all of that. But it's at least we're going to get to open again, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, uh, if you're if you're watching the news or if uh, you're listening to anything that's being said on social media, people are desperate to open back up. And unfortunately, I think uh, fortunately, I think a lot of businesses aren't going to make it. And especially some gyms are having to close and especially those who were kind of doing it as a, maybe a side gig or a side job. They're, they're, they're hurting. Um, yeah. I well, that's good. That, yeah. That's good news for you. Yeah. And we've been quite fortunate here in Iceland. The government is helping a lot. So we've been able to keep like our employees are still getting salary and, like those are the most important things. And then people are still able to continue paying. Like obviously they could freeze their memberships, but a lot of them choose to continue paying or pay partially. And we've had, we have so much equipment. Like we just let everyone borrow all the equipment. So the gym is empty. It's really weird to be there right now, but that's, that's a way to try to help like make sure that it continues rolling. Like if people are still getting the same income in, then people can continue supporting the same things that they did before. And that way society can kind of continue functioning. But I know it's not like that all over. And it would be really hard if it wasn't like that. Then obviously, like, obviously we're taking a hit, like all businesses. But yeah, Cross Reggae is going to survive this for sure. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and now uh, switching switching gears, I saw a little post that you you put up. I don't know if you put it up or Frederick put it up, but uh, I think it was you commenting on Frederick deadlifting heavy, or uh, he was lifting something heavy, and you're like, "Oh, I'm a little jealous." Uh, oh yeah, my story <laughs> today. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tell tell me about that. What's what's going on? Because uh, <laughs> as your body is changing and you're going through this amazing process of of being pregnant and soon giving birth, uh, you're also craving going hard and training hard. How are you dealing with that? What does that feel like? Can you, can you elaborate on it a little bit? It's been like, it was hard in the beginning to get used to it, but then it's like, all right, just take it like one day at a time. And I am still able to train and all of that, but it's really weird. Like, I've always had the mindset, you're always going to try to get better and better. But now it's like, all right, let's just try to maintain what we can maintain and listen to your body and listen to, like, slow it down more than the other. Like, it's always like, oh, my God, that extra 1%. Like, you need to give it everything you got every single session because that's what makes you better. Like, that's where you improve. And I was like, all right, let's back off a little bit and go a little bit slower. And that was something that was quite hard um, to get used to. But I feel like we've been able to compromise and figure out things enough so that I am getting to sweat, like I'm getting to get that endorphin (laughs) release and feel good and feel like I'm doing a lot of work. But then you get spring and summer is coming and people are posting of them like running outside and doing things in a weight vest and like hitting workouts like really, really hard. And I think my body just for the past few years, this is where I'm starting to get ready to peak. Like now we're getting closer to regionals. And then it's like, you get that competition butterflies in your stomach and you want to start going hard. And that's, that's getting a little bit difficult. I have to admit, like my body is definitely not ready to go hard right now. So I know (laughs) it's not going to happen, but like it is still, it's getting, it's getting harder and Frederick going hard and then going and seeing BK and training with BK and he's getting ready for rokes. And yeah, I'm definitely feeling that like tingly feeling that I want to, it's weird to say, but like, I want to suffer. Like mm-hmm. I want to push myself so that I'm lying on the ground and I have a hard time breathing. I haven't had that feeling in such a long time. So sometimes seeing Frederick, like 
he's sweating so much lifting and pushing so hard in workouts. I'm like, oh, I'm excited to go there again. <laughs> but it is still wow. pretty awesome that I have that feeling that I'm just like, I'm excited. I'm excited to get to it for sure. Yeah. So I have two questions here. I, one is, are you able to enjoy uh, your pregnancy? Are you enjoying it? Or, or what is it like right now? And the other follow-up question I'll ask later. I am able to enjoy it. I, I'm able to enjoy it significantly more than I expected. I thought that I was going to hate being pregnant and that I was going to be miserable. Like I thought so having, and as an athlete, you're such a selfish lifestyle. Like you're the number one priority and your body is the number one priority and everything evolves about becoming better nutrition, sleeping and training. Like everything matters throughout the whole day, what you do. And now all of a sudden I don't matter the most. Like my body isn't just mine anymore. I'm sharing this with another human being and someone that I, I don't understand how I love this little girl so much already. I'm like, I will do nothing to risk anything happening to her. And especially after starting feeling the movement and feeling her kicking and moving around, like everything just becomes so real. And it is, it is incredible. Like I'm, I am for sure loving it. I was very lucky and fortunate in the beginning that I didn't have, I didn't really have any morning sickness. And yes, I was a little bit tired and I didn't have a great appetite, but I, I felt okay. And I, I obviously, I'm not going to lie. I have the days where, where I feel very heavy and it seems weird to look into the mirror sometimes. And I don't recognize my own body. I'm like, these boobs are definitely not mine. Like, they're so. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like, who is this? Yes. <laughs> I've had a six pack since I was like eight years old. And now I have a big belly. And sometimes seeing videos and footage of myself, I'm like, wow, I don't feel like I look like this. <laughs> so I have these days, but it's, I am definitely able to enjoy it so much more than I expected. It is, it is amazing. I am ready for some heavy months coming up. I know it's going to get harder the bigger I get. And I've already gained, um, what, close, yeah, around 20 pounds. Wow. So, yeah, I'm getting heavier. I've never seen 80 kilos on the scale before, and I just saw 80 kilos this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Well, I'm so glad you're enjoying it, and you you look great, and you look so happy, and you look relaxed, which is um, not unusual, but you, you are such a driven person that you always have things to do, and uh, since I, I spoke to you, I think last week we spoke or two weeks ago over the phone, I was like, oh, she sounds different. She sounds like <laughs> she's chill. Uh, and, and you I look chill. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I'm just living life. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, so the other question I wanted to ask you is earlier when you were saying, you were talking a little bit about your training and you said, uh, we have uh, uh, tried to compromise a little bit. When you say we, who, who is we? Are you talking about you and the baby? <laughs> Are you talking <laughs> about you and Frederick? Are you talking about you and Yami? Who's we? We is my team. Like, <laughs> I don't know. When it comes to training, it isn't just me. I have a team, and that is Frederick, and that is Yami uh, primarily. But then I have my like people that work on my body, like Andrew, uh, and Matthew, like, if we've been a team, like, Yami has been, well, you know, you were a part of my team, mm -hmm. are, in some way still, I really miss having you as a bigger part of my team, but... Well, I'm here right now. <laughs> yes, exactly, like, we started working together 2010, after the games, 2010, we started working together, mm -hmm. and yeah. it is, it's like a family, like, we... Yami was one of the first people I told when I was pregnant. Like, obviously, he makes my training uh, and programs for me. And he was going to start noticing when I started, like, 
going slower in workouts and not hitting those heavy lifts and all of that. And I wanted, I wanted him to be a part of the team or a part of this team as well, because I, I needed assistance. I didn't know exactly what to do. I've read so much about it, but Yami is also a geek when it comes to these things. And I knew that he was going to be on top of these things as well. And since my goal was to go and compete again, like I'm, I want to have the option to do so. And I'm still, I'm still so driven. I don't know why I thought I would be done long by now, but I, I still just love what I do so much. And I love, I love the impact it can have on other people and around me. Um, so that's something now I'm driven in a little bit of a different way. Like I want to show women that get pregnant and go through these yeah, birth and everything that they can get back to it. Like I've always, like you've known, and I've always had these different drivers and motivations and this is just a new one. And this might be just what my body needs. One year where, well, not completely off, my body is still doing a lot of work, but where the mind get a little bit of a break and my body is getting like a different kind of break as well. So it's, when I say we, it's it's a package. It's a package deal. It's my whole team. Yeah, and I loved 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 being a part of your team, and it was it's it's a memory that I will carry for the rest of my life. And it well, was, we were the games for the first time together, Carl. <laughs> I know. Come on, we did it. We did it <laughs> two years in a row. Yes, yes. 11 and 12. Wow, that was so cool. I mean, that was so, so cool. cool. I'm, I'm getting a, like little goosebumps right now. <laughs> it was so fun. It was so fun. And you know what? I, I, I look back at that time and, uh, and how people kind of made fun of us at the games for, for being around oh, you and supporting you. Yes. Yeah. Can, can you talk about that a little bit? What was your experience like? during the games of 2011 where you came now fully equipped fully teamed up and you won the games and you didn't just do it one year you did it two two years in a row what was that like what was that experience like because you were really a pioneer in the sport well like coming from gymnastics you always have a coach you have someone that helps you and is there for you when you're competing and then even when I went to compete at the games 2009, well, the guy that went with me wasn't really my coach. Like he was supposed to be helping us out and he wasn't really. So it ended up being my parents that became like my coaches that year. They were my team. And honestly, they've been with me every single year at the CrossFit Games. It's crazy. They're still they are awesome. They are awesome. part of everything that I do. It's, it's insane. I don't understand how they can be so supportive. Um, but yeah, so they were pretty much my coaches 2009. And then come 2010, they were like, all right, Annie, you need a coach. Like you need someone with you that's going to take care of you. We can have that whole responsibility. Um, so they supported me in a way. They flew out a guy to come with me, Everd, uh, that is my co-owner at Crossover I've also known him for many, many years. So he came with me as a coach that year. And I had already started talking with Yami uh, after regionals 2010 about helping me out with programming because I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, so I also saw him there a little bit 2010. But then after like seeing I needed someone that was that knew me well, like Everett wasn't with me training a lot. He didn't follow my progress. He was great as a mental supporter, but I needed I needed more. I was like, I know that I have this, but I also really young and didn't really know I wasn't really training at a CrossFit gym either I was just following some something that I found out there um so yeah getting Yami on board he is the geek that he is uh it was it was perfect because I challenged him a lot as a coach and he challenged me a lot as an athlete and he then started wanting to like work with someone that were like the best at what they did and that's where we found you I think he knew you as well we were like yeah okay, we, we had met in San Francisco through Kelly Starrett 
Oh, there we go. That had to be. Yeah, but it was like, all right, Carl, he is like the gymnastics guy, and I needed a lot of help with my gymnastics. Um, so I I took the chance and went and saw you. Like, I went all by myself to San Diego, right? And went Yeah, and, and I flew down to San Diego to meet you there. Yeah, and then I went and worked with Coach Bergner and – like I decided I'm going to go all in because I want to win this. And you challenged me in so such a different way than I expected. I thought I was just going to be learning muscle ups from you, but I was like, all right, Annie, let me see you walk. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I was like, well, we could fix your walking. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, you made me start thinking about movement so differently, which I thought was so, like, you didn't just want to throw something at me. You wanted me to understand. And I feel like that that's what made this so good, is that Yami is such a geek when it comes to numbers and one's, like, structure and all of that. And then you're so, I don't know what the right word is, like, spiritual or kind of like you think a little bit more out there. You make me think so much more. You ask me the heart questions. Ever since then, you started asking me the heart questions. Uh, so it was like, it worked so well from the very beginning. And I never even thought about other people not having coaches. I just thought like, this is what you do. This is what you do if you want to become the best. You outsources and you get help from the best. And that was what I wanted. And it like turned out into this, I would say, little family. Like getting to know Tanya and staying with you guys in San Francisco. And like it was, it was really weird how this just became like this very close off group. I don't know what it is, but it's... It just worked. It just fit in. And then we continued working together for the 2012 games. And I remember one of the things that said, obviously one of the best memories ever is winning the CrossFit Games 2011. Like it is the most incredible feeling. And I still remember walking out of the stadium and seeing you and Yami and Frederick there. And like, it was it was so emotional. Like it was the most incredible thing. And that made me realize that this isn't, yeah, it was awesome to win the games. And when they announced it and everyone celebrating for you and clapping for you and all of that, but like the celebration with the team made me realize like, this is a team sport, even though you're competing as an individual, me competing at the CrossFit Games by myself and winning by myself without my family and you guys there wouldn't mean anything to me. Like it wouldn't, it was that we had worked so hard. And that's why I talk about us when I was talking about my pregnancy earlier, like it is, it is a team effort and that's always how I've looked at it. And then one of the other memories that stands out so much to me was 2012 at the CrossFit games when things were not going the way that I wanted them to go. And I remember crying and being behind one of the tents where I realized like I wasn't going to win the games. Like I didn't stand a chance to win the games because I had dropped so low on the leaderboard. It was on Friday uh, and I felt like I was too low on the leaderboard. And you were like, all right, let's just talk about this. And I remember you saying, you just need to make a decision. Like, are you going to quit? Like you can quit and we can just walk out of here. Like we can go to a cheesecake factory or whatever, <laughs> or you can just scratch the events that are done. Think you don't stand a chance to win across the games. And that's fine. If you don't stand a chance, you don't stand a chance, but are you going to continue competing? And are you going to do the best that you can in the rest of the events and show people what you're capable of? Like, are you going to, give yourself the opportunity to shine in some of these events that we have ahead of us. Or do you want to just like be done right now? And I was like, all right, that's true. Like I've worked so hard. I am at least going to like, I haven't shown how good I am. I'm going to show everyone how good I am actually and do what I can in the rest. Even if it means I'm not going to win, I'm still going to show people what I'm capable of. And I remember 
finally enjoying myself the same way as I did 2011 and that Friday night event. I, you killed it that night. Push-ups. Like, I became myself again. I started smiling again. I started enjoying being there again. Instead of just having the pressure, I had to win. All of a sudden, I had sponsors, and I felt like I was disappointing you. I felt like I was disappointing Yami, my family, everyone over there. Everyone expected me to win, but all of a sudden, it was like, everyone is there for me. You were there for me, not because I was supposed to win. You were there because we were a team. And my sponsors and partners, they believed in me. And if they didn't, then I didn't want to work with them anyways. And I managed to just like enjoy and I crushed that event. And it was so much fun. And I finally felt like I was myself again. And this like being at those crossroads helped me so much in a big picture because this is something that I've thought about like that conversation we had is something that I've thought about so many times when I'm competing and when you're overthinking it or thinking about the leaderboard or what is happening like it is that knowing that you put the work in and those those are some of the things that you're going to remember forever and like that stick with you and then Mm -hmm. winning the game that year was like absolutely ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that was so awesome I didn't think I could do it and then like just not overthinking it and yeah believing a little bit more in myself yeah it was it was amazing I love that we did that all of that together yeah it was so cool like I said earlier some of the best memories the best time of my life it was so cool and then 2013 came around and you had that back injury. Yeah. I guess we Holy didn't fix my walking enough. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you dealt with that really well. That was a, that was a transformative year for you. It was actually and, a really important year for me because of that experience 2012. I was like, do I ever want to do this again? Mm-hmm. So I want to put myself in that situation again where I don't like competing and having the pressure of having to win and so many thought that I shouldn't compete anymore because I had already won twice. I had been the first woman to win the CrossFit Games twice and was I really going to continue and maybe not win and then anything other than first place would be a disappointment and I didn't it was the first time where I was thinking like am I going to compete at the games and then I got injured and obviously I would like not to get injured and so many times you think like what if and what if but I think I would have wanted the injury to be a little bit smaller but Mm -hmm. I think going through that injury made me realize how much I love this how much I wanted to train and compete and continue doing what I was doing and it wasn't about placements it was about me continuing improving and becoming better at what I was doing because I still felt like I had so much to show and could become so much better and having that realization that I might never be able to do that again made me realize how much I wanted it. Like that was it. I think it made me be in a sport for this long. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and something that I, I witnessed was your relationships also start to change during that year. I mean, Frederick yes. was competing, you were not competing, which was uh, a little bit different. Um, after that, you started becoming closer with Katrin and uh, the relationship there where you could be a support system for her. I mean, it was a very transformative year for you. And to look back at it, it's so interesting. It was, absolutely. It was also a year, obviously social media wasn't quite there yet, but it was a year where I realized the people that stood beside me were the people that were real. Like those were the people I wanted to be around. And it made me find that tighter group even better. Like 
you, Yami, Frederick, nothing changed. We were all, it was all the same. Obviously I wasn't training like the same way, but it was the same. My friends at the gym, some of those changed out. And some of the people that surrounded me, some of those people changed out. And that's also a conversation that we actually had was that, that it doesn't matter. The other people, they're not the ones that matter. Those are the people that come and go from your life and it's perfectly fine. But you kind of realize who, who your real people are when you go through things like that. Because they're not just there because you're the best or because you're winning. They're there because they actually care about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. Such a beautiful time. I, I love it. Yeah. So, so now my brain is going forward into, into time. What does, the, what does the future look like in your head right now? Well, uh, I would like to believe that I can compete again. Um, that is, it's important to me. It is such a big part of me is being in good shape. It just matters a lot to me, not just being in good shape, but being strong and being fit and being healthy. And those are the things that matter the most. And I've always told myself, like, we've had this conversation almost every single year. (laughs) Like, so that everyone knows, yes, I do think about it every single year. I go through the time period where I make up my mind about if I'm competing at the CrossFit Games again. Because I realized ever since I got injured that you just take it one year at a time. You can't, as an athlete, you can't plan further ahead. You can always get injured. Something can come up, like whatever that might be. You can't plan multiple years into the future. Um, so it's the same here. I, I still have, like I said before, like I'm still getting these butterflies and that fire. Like I want to compete. I want to push myself. I want to become better. I'm still seeing my form on certain things. I'm like, I can improve. I can move better. I can move more efficiently. I'm learning more and more about breathing. My training has evolved so much from 2010 throughout the years. The way I was training 2011, 2012, there's no way I would be able to be training that way now. Like everyone has gotten smarter. We've all learned And especially the older you get, you need to change up your training a little bit more. And I feel like it's becoming more and more structured. You're having that off season, um, never really like off, off, but the off season where you focus more on base conditioning and strength and technique and skill. Like, and then when you, like I do CrossFit workouts, maybe two, three times a week, maybe. And then when you get closer to a competition or, closer into the summer. That's why I'm probably getting the butterflies. That's when you get to hit CrossFit workouts. Yes. Like you get to test where you're at and go harder and harder and push your body and all of that. So it's, it's a, it's a part of the process. And I think that's why I've been able to be in the sport for so long is that we've been really, really smart with my training. And I am hoping like, obviously I don't know how everything's going to go. And I'm, terrified of giving birth and like what it's going to do to my body and all of that. I think it's all hundred percent worth it because I'll have a little human being that I love and take care of for the rest of my life. But I, I hope that I'm going to be able to get back to it and I still have the fire to want to compete and show what I can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe you're going to come back with a vengeance. There's the, the mom strength. That, it's gonna be a different fire. <laughs> I know it's gonna be incredible. I can't even, I can't even contain myself. It's exciting. Uh, that is so cool. So yeah, the future holds in store strength, competing hopefully, and and continuing to grow, of course. And I was thinking about during competition, something that struck me early on when when we were hanging out was uh, the types of movies that you would consume before (laughs) and after training and competition. Can you talk to me about your movie selection and why? (laughs) Well, obviously sports movies get you fired up and ready. 
Like those, uh-huh. those get you fired up for a competition. Um, my ritual used to be watching GI Jane before every single competition. It is like that with female empowerment and oh my God, the memoir is absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, just like showing that when you get knocked down, you continue going and you never give up and it's never that chance of giving up mindset. And I've always liked that. And that gets me fired up. Um, so I choose, I still look through that movie (laughs) before big events or something, if I feel like I need to, but then my, my go-to movies is actually like cartoons and despicable me and all of that. I'm still like, it's going to be so easy to watch movies with my girl because it's going to be the movies I'm watching anyways. <laughs> yeah. And I, I the, the reason I, I, I love that is because I think it describes who you are in so many ways where it's like, you are this tough, strong individual, but then you have this very soft, gentle uh, child living <laughs> with you at all times. And I just think it's, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful combination. And when I, when I got to know that side of you, I was like, Hmm, that's very endearing. And I, and I just loved it. And it just, it, it, it explained to me why you were capable of doing what you were capable of doing. So it's very, very cool. Um, is your daughter going to do CrossFit? Uh, my daughter is going to do what she wants to do. That's that's how it's gonna be. There's not gonna be any pressure. However, she is going <laughs> back to do sports. Like that is gonna be a rule. I grew up with it. All kids in Iceland grow up with it. You choose a st- sport, and she can try as many sports as she wants to. I'll take her to as many sports as I possibly can, because I appreciate that from my parents. Like I tried swimming. I tried track and field. Even when I was in gymnastics, I'm like, I only want to do gymnastics. They're like, well, you're still going to go and you're going to try this. And I tried basketball. Like it's, I think it's good for kids to experience all these different types of sports so that they can figure out what it is that works for them. And I think everyone can find something that they can enjoy doing that works for them. That's going to be an activity. So I'm going to have have the same but obviously she's going to grow up in a gym environment uh that's just how it's going to be so hopefully she'll be attracted to it if not and we have a geek uh, that just likes reading and hates walking and (laughs) exercising then so be it but whatever she chooses she's gonna have to go in 100 percent and do it well like that's the only requirement i'm gonna put is like you you don't have asked anything. That's, that's what matters. That's cool. Tell me, uh, how excited is Frederick to be a father? Oh my God. He is so excited. <laughs> He's been ready for the past like five, six years. It was when we got our first pregnancy scare. That's many years ago. And I was like, I freaked out. I'm like, this is not happening. It can't happen. It will ruin my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like no, no 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 we'll figure it out it'll be all good I'm like I've never even thought about ever thankfully uh getting a termination or anything like that but I was like I don't know like I don't know if we can do this it's like absolutely he was just so ready <laughs> we got this <laughs> so that scared me <laughs> <laughs> Then I wasn't pregnant and everything was good and like we're pretty safe. But it's like, all right, he doesn't care. If that happens, I think he'll just be happy. And him around kids is really funny. Like he's just very much at ease around kids, my brother's kids, and he has a bunch of smaller siblings. I have no smaller siblings. I'm very awkward around kids and babies. I have no idea what to do. <laughs> I've once changed the diaper. You hold the kids with your arms straight away from you? No, no, no. I try, but I'm like, I don't know. It just, it always just looks awkward. Thankfully, it's not like holding a dirty ball or anything, but it's, it's still not the best. I've heard it's way better when it's your own. So I certainly hope so. Um, I've once changed the diaper and I put it on wrong. I still haven't put a diaper on the correct way. So 
Frederick oh, good. Fre Frederick's got this. Frederick's, Frederick's got this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he's got this. That's the yeah. thing. I know he's got that part. I'll feed and he'll take care of the bottom half. <laughs> <laughs> you do the top half, he does the bottom half. Yes. Hilarious. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, he, he is he's awesome. What a support system Frederick has been for you. I mean, the commitment that this gentleman has to you, to your well-being, I he is He's an amazing person. If you can hear me, Frederick, there in the back, I, I love you and I love what you do and, and how you do it. Yeah. No, he's, he's awesome. Awesome. Yes, he is um, absolutely amazing. Like, yeah. How would, you, how would you describe Frederick? Because people see you together and they know that you're a couple, uh, especially in the fitness scene. But how would you describe Frederick as a partner? Very caring, loving sensitive strong determined yeah <laughs> probably yeah absolutely all of those qualities we are um we're very similar in many ways but then we're also very different in other ways which is also really good which is why it works like i understand it being really difficult for couples to train together all the time and train at the level that we're training at uh it it becomes emotional but i think it works really well because i am i've been able to look at him as like a coach as well and i fully trust and believe what he tells me and i am i can get emotional but it takes very little to turn me around and get me into a good mood and fix things and get me to see the positive or just help me figure out something for me if something's hurting or whatever it is. Like it, it really doesn't take a lot, which makes that easy. And then he knows when we're getting to that point where he needs to like help me with those things. And then he is like very opposite if something doesn't work properly for him, then I need to back off and just like let him have his space. Like, I think it's like that with most guys. Like they, you have like a bigger temper. Like I've never had like a very big temper. He's like a bigger temper when it comes to that. Needs some time by himself. I need some time with like support and a partner and like <laughs> show me affection and tell me that things are fine. And then it's like all butterflies and rainbows. He just needs a little bit of space. And then like, I think we just gotten to know each other and each other's limits so well. Where I get difficult is when I get hungry. So he just knows he cares about <laughs> snacks. Like, <laughs> same as Yami. Yami's also learned that. He always has something in his pocket. And it's like, hey, have some sugar. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Kind of <laughs> yeah, they, no, they, always, they, they, they carry a fanny pack with them. So they have their, their Annie treats. That's good. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Um, no, but I think that we just talk about everything. Like, I'm, I'm a little bit like you when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. yeah, we're, we're very like, similar. I think so. We talk about our feelings and we talk about, you can tell when you're getting into a bad mood. Like you can tell and you mm -hmm. can tell when I'm getting into a bad mood. Like our partners know. Mm -hmm. And then it's so easy to work through it. It's never going to be like a secret or a difficulty. It's like, okay, something's wrong here. Like what's up? So it's, mm -hmm. I think it's, yeah, it works really. It's very, very balanced for us. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. You and I are very similar. Uh, Tanya is the one that needs, you know, she needs to take some time off. Let, <laughs> I need some time on my own to think about it. So yeah, Tanya, Tanya and Frederick are the same. You and I are the same, which yes. when, when you were saying San Francisco, it was very funny to talk about that, uh, <laughs> uh, how, how that the dynamics went. That was funny. Uh, tell me, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned from Frederick? Hmm. Biggest lesson that I've learned. I feel like I've learned a lot. Not to overthink things. Mm. That's a pretty big one. I tend to really overthink things. 
and doubt and then want to talk about it again and again and again and go in circles like what if I hurt this person's feelings by saying that was that is that okay or whatever it's like it's fine don't like don't go there if I'm if I'm left alone with my thoughts for too long like I'll spiral and he's taught me to like push that away a little bit which Mm -hmm. is something I really needed yeah to not overthink I think that's a good good lesson tell me you care deeply about people and you care deeply about um certain uh things that are happening around the world uh you care about uh yeah you you care a lot that's that's what I'm trying to say and you have a big heart um but at the same time you're also like you're very straightforward when you have an opinion yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and, and this is something that you've expressed to me that sometimes you're a little concerned that potentially you'll say something that will hurt some, someone's feelings or uh, bother someone. Why, why does that bother you, you think? What, what is it that you're really scared of there or that you're concerned about if you speak your full truth? There you come with the difficult questions, Carl. It was coming. <laughs> well, I think... What I'm the most worried about is people misinterpreting what I'm trying to say or the information that I'm trying to deliver sometimes. Like, obviously, English isn't my first language, but I'm still quite confident with it. Um, But sometimes if you say something just slightly wrong, then people might not be able to just listen to a concept they like tend to stick to just the wording or whatever that might be and those are the things that scare me because I would like everyone to give me the benefit of the doubt that I'm not meaning anything bad by it but that's why I have for a lot of my posts I have Frederick read over and see if there's spelling mistakes and then also sometimes I just want to get my feelings or what I'm trying to say across and I want to make sure that it comes across the right way and I also know that we're all from so different societies um me being from Iceland and I have people that are following me from all over the world and I want to make sure that it is coming across the correct way which is why I've tried to stay away when it comes to religion I try not to go too deep into it when it comes to politics I try not to go too deep into it I obviously have my uh, opinions but the thing is I just love I love hearing conversations from other people and I love I love learning about all of these things for example with religion like I I've absolutely love being in the U.S. where people are very religious and so, like, believe so strongly. And I think it's amazing. And I think it's so beautiful. And then I go to the Middle East and they have a different religion there. And it's, in so many ways, it's, like, so beautiful as well with the people that I know from there and the way they talk about it and the culture, it's all about giving from the people that I've met. And I think it's, I think it's so great that people have all these differences all over the world. And I think if we all would be open-minded about it, I think we're all, hopefully, most of us are coming to the same conclusion. We just want the best for them people around us and the people in the world like most of the religions are about that which is why I absolutely love hearing it from other people and their conversations but it is something that I would never I am I am not religious I um I would I would like to be but (laughs) brought up in a different environment and I do say my prayers and stuff like that but i i would just like to believe that there's something good out there um but it's those are the things that i love hearing people's opinions and talking about and all of that but it is also something that i make sure that i tread lightly on because 
I think it's something that everyone has the right to have and everyone has the right to have different opinions and different feelings. But I think the most important thing is also just being open-minded and think it's okay for others to have different opinions and different feelings. Like, honestly, if it would just be like that, this wouldn't be so complicated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and that's that's really what you want to say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it sometimes in an attempt to say something maybe you found some friction or uh, yes. someone uh backlashing at you um, why I love having those conversations with Frederick for example like when there's war somewhere I'm like I don't understand this I don't understand why is the war it doesn't make any sense no one can gain from this and how we not learn from history then no one can gain from this but it's not something where I'm just like all right, I'm going to post on social media right now. I don't understand wars. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a conversation that requires uh, more time. It, yeah. it has so many layers to it. You can look at it from so many different perspectives. It's a that's very difficult thing, one. That's what I love. I love hearing the different perspectives because that's how I learn. I don't know everything. And my opinion is definitely not the right opinion, which is why it's so, it bothers me that it's such a like taboo thing and becomes so personal because I learned so much from hearing different perspectives. Like that's, that's the beautiful thing of conversation and talking openly about all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and it's very difficult. It's very difficult, but it's possible to do. And something that I've recommended a lot of my listeners to, to follow and to uh, study is nonviolent communication uh, explained by Marshall Rosenberg. And one of the things that he presents really well is the ability to speak from a place of feelings and needs and to listen for feelings and needs. So what is it the person needs? And what is it the person is feeling with that need? And how are they behaving according to that? And uh, this being the, the essence of communication. And I think between you and me, you, you and I have already always had this, this conversation where, okay, so now that you're standing on the, on the podium and you have the check and the money, now what, what for what all this? And yes. uh, <laughs> you've always been like, oh, not now, not now. I, I don't want to hear that. Uh, but now that 10 years has gone by almost since, since, since the time we met and uh, you've become a public figure and someone who people look up to and a role model, uh, for what? For what winning the CrossFit Games? What, what has it brought you more than the, 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 the title of champion? Well, I feel like it's brought me a platform uh obviously to interact with other people all over the world and something that i am just extremely passionate about is training and now i get to share not just training but a healthy lifestyle with the rest of the world and that is i feel like that's a little bit my purpose and that's my passion i apart from my own training, like there's nothing else I like more than helping my parents getting into shape or feeling better and accomplishing something at like where I can contribute is at the gym. I can teach them how to move better. I can teach them how to get stronger, get fitter and all of that. And the same with the members at my gym. And it's beautiful to be able to do it at that level. But I, I love that I get to impact more people from all over the world so I feel like it's not just me wanting to win the games but me wanting to get a platform to reach even more people to try to impact even more lives in a positive way where it's not I'm not trying to tell people to compete or that they have to be at the CrossFit games I'm telling people that I want to teach them how to feel better and not just getting more confidence at the gym by getting more confidence outside of the gym. And I feel like it's such a big part of life, like that empowerment that you get, the confidence that you get when you start believing in yourself, when you accomplish something in the gym, you start 
believe me, you're going to accomplish even more outside of the gym in your life. And that training is not, some people are worried like they're taking away time from their kids and time from their family. But what you're also is, you're also giving time to your family because you're most likely going to stay there for even longer. You're decreasing the odds of getting sick and having a stronger life and being able to play with your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids. And that's something that I want to contribute with the world. And it shouldn't be a burden to train. That's, that's one of the best parts of it. Like it is so much fun training. Like I said, with my kids and growing up, like I, we can all find something that we can enjoy doing, some activity that we think can be fun. And as soon as you start improving in something, you also start thinking it's more fun. So it is sticking with something and then you're going to start enjoying. And that's what CrossFit gives. It does give that like whole community feel. So you're with like-minded people. You get to know people better. It's easy to put down goals and so on. But I don't know if some of the best messages and my motivation and my drive is the messages that I get from people that I change their lives in any way, or I motivate them to go training or do something or believe in themselves. That's, that means I must be doing something right. And it makes it all worth it. If it's, even if it's one person, like I am, I am affecting another human being's life in a positive way. And that's incredible but I also look at it as a responsibility and something that I take serious. And I, I want to live as a role model. Like I, I am not fake. Everything that I post, everything that I do is me. And that's something that I stand by. And that's another thing with like my more like how I think about partners that I work with those sponsors obviously I have sponsors that make things possible for me too to be doing this full-time but every single time I start working with someone I think about do I believe in this enough and is this something that I would recommend to my parents that's how I that's my moral compass saying if this is something that I don't want my parents to use there's no way that I am going to promote this item. And that's how I've also built a relationship with most of the people that I'm working with. I've been working with them for years. Like Reebok, I've been working with them since 2010. I feel like it matters. Like it becomes like a family. Uh, and I think it's, yeah, I look at it more as partnerships, long-term, something that I truly believe in and stand by in principles, things that they want to help me accomplish. They know where I want to go with myself and that's yeah that's something that matters to me and something that I'll stand by yeah and I I can attest to that and I uh, I'll I'll finish by saying that uh, you've done that for me you've inspired me you've taught me you've made me better and I really I really mean it and uh, and one of the things that uh, I want people to know is that when you're in the in a room with you or in your vicinity uh, whatever you're putting off uh, that comes from you, uh, everyone around you picks up. And it's always a message of, you can do this, it's possible, and it's fun. <laughs> and that's the best part. And I love how you can take very difficult situations and make them fun. And I think this is a message that, yeah, the whole world needs to hear. And I, I'm here to support you all the way in doing that. And I know that you're going to do a beautiful job going forward. And I'm, I, yeah, I'm very proud of you. And it's, uh, and I say that uh, as a friend and uh, as someone who is also a fan. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm also a fan. So uh, you're, you're awesome, Annie. And uh, if there's anything that we, me, Tanya, my family, us listening can do. Uh, yeah. We're, we're here for you. Thank you. This became yeah. very deep. <laughs> Every time I talk to you, we go deep. 
But I feel like it's also like, I don't think about the people that are listening. I think about just one of our conversations and I just talk mm-hmm. and I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's so easy to just be me. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Annie, for your time and for being thank here you. and making this happen. And uh, I can't wait to hang out soon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you get back to Iceland or if I get to go back to San Francisco and yeah, I can't wait for that. And you'll come with a new member of the family. Yes, with a newest family member. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> I'll be oh, like, amazing. you're babysitting? I'm going to sit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that role for a little bit. How about that? You'll teach me how to walk. <laughs> yeah, that's per- perfect. Got it. No problem. Circle of you're, life. You're awesome, Annie. Um, say hi to Frederick and, and much love Frederick. to the family. And we'll talk soon, okay? Yes, say hi to Tanya and everyone. I will. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, my friends, that concludes another episode of the Freestyle Way podcast with my friend Annie Thoris daughter, who you can find on Instagram at Annie, which is just spelled A N N I E, Thoris daughter, spelled T H O R I S. D-O-T-T-I-R, Annie Thoris Daughter. And also, if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, one of the things that you can do is you can support us by making a small contribution or donation to help sustain future episodes, as at the moment we are not uh, bringing any sponsors on or advertising. And uh, that's all I got to say for this time. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you guys, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Much love. Peace.